This is XN Anderson, and welcome to today's principal podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to have Jonathan Harris. Hi, XN. Yeah, hey, how are you? Good. I just want to introduce you a little bit. I know you own a, a six-figure online business selling unique handcraft and skincare stuff. You've also raised nine children along the way, teaching them business skills and things and strategies. Tell us, tell us about, tell us about you first of all. Yeah, well, so my my wife and I, we live in uh, Northern California in a very small community. So when we say Northern, it's much further North than San Francisco in a small, small town in the Valley. It's pretty hot here in the summer. And we originally got to this area because my wife and I were uh, at that time when we moved here about uh, um, 17 years ago. Now we were looking for a small town atmosphere and our oldest uh, wasn't yet 12. And so we got to this place, but in order to be able to do that, you have to find work, of course. And so when I got here, originally, I was part of that first wave of people who started working from home with a tech company. So this is more than a decade ago. And so that allowed me to, to come out here. But then uh, the market changed and I knew the handwriting is on the wall. So in order to put food on the table uh, and not have to go back to the city or start moving from city to city to stay up with the career, uh, we had to make a, a drastic decision. And uh, from a marriage perspective, that, that has been an, an amazing adventure because uh, we, my wife at that time was making and selling a product for a particular skin uh, problem, very specific skin problem that she has that afflicts a, a small number of people. And she had tried everything over the years, long story short, you know, nothing life-threatening, just very uh, aggravating. And so we came up with this product and she was starting to test it in the, in the market, uh, excuse me, in the, in, the, um, in the live marketplace here, small market, as, as a fun way to introduce our kids to, to business in a, in a textbooky sort of way. So we weren't really thinking of this as a way to provide for our family, but then we had to make a decision. And so uh, I, told, I, told, I told the wife, I got the notice I'm being laid off. I mean, I saw this coming and uh, I'd have to join another team, which means I'd have to be gone all the time. And we said, no, let's try turning this small opening uh, into a business. And, you know, when I look back on it, I can't believe we had that much faith and courage to, to do it, but we did. And I cashed out my 401k, whatever I had at that point in time. And that's what we lived on for the first year as we started making the sales. And then eventually we realized we had to go to the internet. It was the beginning of the social media revolution. And we started marketing directly to our customers, which was really important. So that's how we wound up here and wind up staying here. Right. And you somehow got your children involved in the business. Is that right? Yeah. So, you know, it's the small things that we got them involved in, like putting stickers. And a lot of it was more like packaging side, which is rather uh, an easy way to get introduced. And then um, we have certain time periods of the year where our customers buy more than at other times. So like the fall is like, we call it our harvest season. And so it's all hands on deck. And we kind of rearrange a bit of our, our schooling around that. We homeschool, so we have a lot of flexibility. And as we were doing that, we, I started realizing that I wanted something way more intentional for the education of my my teen uh my teen boys which were just starting to become teenagers and uh and so i mean i had a great education to be honest i had good school experience i went to to nice schools but at the end of the day it didn't really do anything for my career i mean 
that's the irony. I think at one point when I got into the tech industry, I stopped even putting down my degrees because it, it, it was counterproductive. So you, you realize that you wind up in, in degrees and in places that you don't really intend to because there's really no intentionality. You're just kind of following the herd uh, wherever it goes. And I wanted something different for my kids, something much more lined up with their um, core talents and skills and personality. And the trick I felt was, but I didn't mean to cut you off here. I want to just interject though. I apologize. This part about like just going with the herd versus you as a parent, knowing that you could be intentional with your kids. I really like that. I'm sorry to cut you off there, but I, um, I really like what you said there. You wanted something more intentional for your kids rather than just going with the herd, right? So, so keep going. Sorry Absolutely. Absolutely. And I will have to say that when we switched over to uh, running our business from home, I mean, I was already involved in my kids' schooling. I mean, I, I was very aware. But at that point, because my wife started becoming more the face of the business, that's a little bit, of, I'll tell you what, what, one of the hardest things that we did in our marriage was sort of reversing roles as far as being uh, the, the face to the public. So when I first started, I was a project manager. So I was like all eager. I'm going to email these customers, you know, and my wife took a look at the first few emails. She was like, oh my goodness, you cannot talk to these women like this. You're going to scare them away and everything. And I'm like, this is how we run, you know, business. And so we, she had to be the voice to the customer. And that was a complete role reversal because she's naturally a shy person and I'm naturally an extrovert. And so there, there were, we had to, uh, you know, it was a real a learning curve because as a project manager, I'm not really marketing directly to the customer. It's a business relationship that was established early on by the company or we had particular sales, but usually it was a salesperson who handled that. So I had to really, uh, we had to become, we both of us had to become much more aware of the needs of the customer rather than, the, than just being a contractual relationship. So it wasn't in, in that context that we, I, I, I became, I took on more of the schooling. So I was getting, I was like, why are we even doing this particular part of the textbooks? And I was real, we're wasting a lot of time because I was already projecting, you know what, this is just a rabbit trail. We're going to go down this road and just, you know, filling up these buckets of knowledge with no particular purpose. I mean, it's unending. And so I'm a big fan of education and knowledge, but not for being on a treadmill. I wanted it to serve my kids and have, for them to have a more, um, a future that was more under their control, which I think we achieved. Awesome. So what did you do? Curious. So what we did is we, I, I looked at the, the basic interests that our kids had, which are typically kind of fleeting, the kind of from month to month in their early teens, you know, they're interested in this, and then they're interested in that. But you do see a pattern emerging as far as like their basic skills and personalities, their inclinations. And we take that and then we'll look for an opportunity in our, in our environment. So if they're young, it's typically, you know, close friends or family where they can start using their basic interest and skill to bring value. So that's one of the things that I learned that if you look for an opportunity to bring value early on, even though it might be $5 or $10, it trains you and the child to think in terms of uh, using your skills to serve others. So it's a very radical way of thinking. You might not think it is, but if you would take the typical kid who's taking um, you know, uh, piano lessons, who are they serving? They're serving no one. Everyone is being paid in order to listen to them. So recital doesn't count. 
your grandparents don't count, everybody. So your teen is going to run into this wall where if they're not careful, they're going to become very, very good at playing music for an audience that doesn't want to hear them in a context that no one cares because they're getting false signals from the market around them, right? As soon as you stop paying that music teacher, she's not calling you back up. Hey, the kid that I taught you so well, I want to hear him play. Oh, in fact, I want to even tip them. They're like, I don't want to hear this kid anymore. You stop paying me, I'm done. And well, you know, and, and just a, just on a counter counter argument on this, you know, yeah. some people to play the piano so that they can play in church or to right. serve other people. It might it might serve other audiences as well. But I but I understand your point. You're saying a lot of skills sometimes don't end up being played. Do you what you're saying? Correct. I mean, yeah, and, to the way. Right. But I would even argue and let's say in the context uh, of even the church, a lot of times people will abandon it later because and I've heard this from like if they become very accomplished. Right. So we're talking about a high skill level. And um, and I, I think it was one of those aha moments several years ago where we had a, a, a friend of the family, um, a mom, and I we had known her for years. And I discovered that she was an amazing uh, violinist, I think it was. I had never heard her play, either in church or elsewhere. And I was completely dumbfounded. And she said, oh, yeah, I went to some of the best uh, schools after, after high school, went to Spain, went to one of the top schools. And I said, why don't you ever play? And she said what a lot of other people have told me. She says, my skills are so advanced, I can't play them in church. There's no, there's no outlet for it. And so it's so discouraging, they just stop playing. And this is a very common story. You can name this in any number of skills that people do, not just, not just music. And so when in the context of, like you were saying, the, the church situation, I would challenge a person who's in there to say, are you really bringing value to people? Yes, you're bringing value maybe in one, one hour in the week. But can you go much further? Can you use those same skills so that somebody say, you know what, your music is so valuable to me, I want to actually pay you $5 to play for me the whole morning, $10, $15. And you'll discover that in the process of trying to answer that question, you're going to find that what people really want, even in the church context, is maybe they want to honor someone on a Saturday morning, uh, an elderly person uh, that's, uh, let's say, been overseas. And what they really want is music specific uh, to the uh, to their life that they've been through, maybe slightly modified. And you will get people in tears. You'll get people talking to you. So you're saying, of course, there's very few people who are paid money to play music, right? I mean, unless they're very, very good. They, they just, so you're saying from a marketable, can I make money with a piano? is a really difficult place to go. And there might be other options you could go. What did you do with your own children? I'm curious. Well, in that example, like we had a son who was into photography and that's just a young, you know, a kid. He was doing some fun stuff. He got a hold of a camera. An aunt gave him a, an old hand-me-down digital camera. And um, it wasn't like now where they have as many, as many video features, but he started figuring out, hey, I could take some little uh, film clips of my kids pretending like they're being run over and so, you know, that's great. So that's an example of a, a kid has an interest, but it's not serving anyone. He's having a good time. Okay, he's serving his friends, sort of, right? But no one's going to come and say, hey, uh, you're going to make a difference in our lives with your photography, right? 
And my fear was for him to be, it, it was to become a wedding photographer because that market is so well served. I'm like, okay, what's a guy going to do as a wedding photographer? There, by the way, I do know guys that are, but it's a very hard market to break into and still provide for your family. So one of the things we realized is like, why are we taking photo shots of our products that we put online? So we told him, it's like, hey, we'd like to see you use your skill uh, to start serving us. So he was like, I don't know, 13 or 12 at the time. And uh, we sweetened the deal a bit by paying him a little bit. So he went to the local camera shop. They actually, the guy found out why he was buying these two lights. He said, well, let me give you some tips on how to take product shots because it's different. And right away, he started taking product shots for it. And he started getting this feedback. Then he discovered, you know what? This is, he got a taste of uh, bringing value to us that he found out the neighbor's excuse me, one of the neighboring houses that was for rent um, uh, was willing to pay him, I don't know, maybe $20. And you know, you're getting choppy again. I, I can't hear you. One of the first few people, no one did it in our year. Now it's... Uh, all right, I think I'm back. Do you want us to keep going? You can keep going, but I missed the last 10 seconds because it froze uh, up. Right. We can try it. Yeah, so one of our kids had a, had a camera, a digital camera, and, it's, and he was having fun with it with his friends, you know, making these wild videos, but he wasn't really serving anyone, okay, in, in a meaningful way. So it, it's not like we barred him from having fun, but it's like, hey, can you uh, bring value to us? What could you do? Uh, take product shots for own home business. And so from there, he discovered he could make money by starting doing uh, real estate rentals, which was very unusual at the time. Now it's very common. And then from there, he got me a hand-me-down drone, found out he could up his game. And then by the age of 16, he was uh, doing presentation at, uh, at uh, these real estate gatherings in town. And uh, because- Is that what's right? That? You said age 18? No, 16. 16, wow. Because they're always looking for the new and the novel and they're bored at their staff meetings, if you've ever been in staff meetings. And he told him what he could do. He filmed himself telling him that and he started making contact. So um, we basically highly encourage that. And at an early age, when, when you're interacting with the real world, you learn to communicate, which is typically why you want them to take an English class, is you want them to be confident, you want them to communicate, and you can learn all of those skills if you encourage your kids to market their talent, right? Because in the process of marketing, they have to learn to be clear. They have to learn to take rejection. And the cash helps them validate that they're on the right track. So a lot of what we'd call in the grown-up grown world, pivoting. And you have this ongoing conversation with your kid. It's like, okay, they, they, I tell them, you're, they're probably going to say no in the beginning, or they'll be lukewarm about it. So you need to find out why. So every time you get a no, or you're told this is not, you know, I'm not really interested in having you apply your skill, there's usually a reason, right? You're either in the wrong place or you, have the, you don't have enough equipment or your presentation is not clear. And it's the same thing for, for a girl. If she was into piano, I'd say, hey, I want you to go down uh, on Saturday and I want you to find a place, you know, within reason for that person's age where you're going to impact people, people say, I need, I need to have my, I need to have your daughter come and play for us. 
that answer will not be what you typically learn you might uh, in a uh, recital or with a music teacher because they're you're consuming knowledge you're not producing but when you go to production people want music for very specific reasons and you have to wrestle with that right maybe they they want you to take an old tune from uh uh, from the 1960s, as my grandfather, my my dad, you know, he's from that generation. There, are all these people are starting to retire. They want you to take a tune from the 1960s. Uh, you can't stand those tunes, but you know how to modify it to make it sound more modern. So you're pleasing both you and the person. You learn how to modify the lyrics. You learn that since they're older, you need to have a better speaker with you. So pretty soon, you start figuring it out and pivoting. And that's where you get the feedback and you find out what you really do and don't like and what it takes to go to the next level. Wow, I like that. So you're basically choosing something. So I spoke to Zoom on the piano thing here. You could, you could make it happen with piano, you can make it happen with photography, you can make it happen with anything that they're passionate about and right. help go down that road. So I really, I really appreciate you clarifying that. Thank you. Yeah, and, and the thing to understand is it's all it's doing is you're not determining them to be a photographer. So in the example of my son, he eventually, and that's what he is now, he loves managing people. He manages teams of uh, drone operators. This is all commercial, not military. And he discovered that he's a, ve he's a very good people manager at a young age. Uh, he was hiring and firing people. And I'm just amazed at how calm he is. And you'll, you'll find that each of your children, they'll start off with a skill and it's it, most of the time that's not what they will wind up doing, but that skill opens the door for them to uh, be present with other people in an other circumstances where they discover that, you know what, I never thought I would really like or be good at this, but I'm willing to invest the time and the money uh, and the emotion to go to the next level. So you get this sort of virtuous cycle going on, right? So it could be anything. I mean, You'll find that some kids say they love to write, but you know they're just journaling. We'll say, okay, you love to write. Can you impact people with your writing right now at the age of fifteen? And you're going, well, no one's going to buy a novel for me. That I said that you're absolutely right. So what could you do with your writing right now to impact people? And that answer is not discoverable online. You have to actually think about that because there's usually an opening in your environment where you could impact people you will have to sweat you'll have to find out what the medium is uh and i can almost guarantee you you could give me any teen and within probably a couple of minutes i'll find an opening where they could bring real value but it's not going to be traditional right I like that i like this concept that you're you're teaching about how do i help someone my teenager actually become an entrepreneur become motivated, figure out their passion and do it in a way that serves others. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. How would, you, how would you advise a parent to help an unmotivated child? Unmotivated? Uh, mm -hmm. Well, there's, usually there's gonna be two, two reasons why they're gonna be unmotivated. You'll, you'll have the, the sort of what I call passive aggressive laying on the couch. They, they don't wanna do anything except maybe play video games. And then you've got the, the other extreme and they can be in the same household. Uh, where they're bouncing, you know, one month they're on the skateboard, you know, they're going to become a professional skateboarder. And then the next month they're into World War II uh, videos and that's all they can do, you know, and they just keep bouncing from activity to activity. So usually those are your two extremes. And 
the solution to both of those problems is because they need to know that what they do, do, does <laughs> matters. And you as a parent need to know that it matters. So that's the problem. You cannot develop true passion off of just a hobby or a skill. You have to marry your skill and hobby uh, with a, a something where you're serving and impacting others. And as a teen, you can't fake it. That's why grandma or dad or mom saying how wonderful your drawings are doesn't cut it because you say, well, you know, they have to love you, you know, but you're unsure as a teen, does it matter? And those are legitimate questions because you as a father are asking the same question, right? You see your teen boy and he's saying, oh, this is fantastic. And you're smiling. This is awesome. But you're calculating the back of my mind. He needs to get to college to find a life, right? So they know that. They know that instinctively. They're getting the messages around from them. So you need to find a way to bring, and that's how you narrow down. So if a kid has too many activities, there's usually just one or, one or two at the most that he can get that low-hanging fruit and start bringing value to others, which will eliminate all the others. Same with a child who usually uh, feel, and that depends on the personality, it's because they're feeling unworthy. They feel like whatever they do doesn't matter. And it's because they, they uh, my experience is, is that they, they, have, they want to become a rock star, so to speak. Um, they want to become a world-famous horse trainer. Uh, and then when they look at the YouTube videos or the people around them, they're like, I don't have any assets. I can't do any of it. I'm doomed. So what you need to do is narrow down these big ideas down to a small skill, which is what we tell adults to do, down to a small skill. And with that small skill, which might lead you to your big idea, start bringing value to people. As soon as they start acting, uh, they get that really strong feedback loop. They start feeling good about themselves. So same, same, same answer to both problems. And marry it to purpose is what you were saying as well. Yes, right? it's absolute purpose. There's a purpose behind it. It's a serving purpose. And so I feel good about what I'm doing. Exactly. Is that what I was saying? Yeah, this is the purpose is, is, is really part is it's an, and that's why adults, when you think of it, struggle with work. If, they, if you're in a work environment, but you feel like there's no purpose, you almost go into a depression or you can get aggressive. And so we want, even as adults, it doesn't matter if you're skillful, you want to know it has purpose. And it's the same for a teen. It's just that a lot of times you can't articulate it as much. So that's where as a parent, and that's where the husband and wife conversations come in, because um, I think for me, the hardest was my teen girl, who's now happily married and everything. She was the hardest nut to crack for me. And she was the proverbial artist mindset. Um, I could not figure her out. And, uh, you know, my wife and I had so many conversations back and forth. But for her, you know, she, she uh, to make the story short, so my daughter would be a typical case. Um, she was doing the traditional uh, art learning and doing a good job. But we found out that really no one was interested in realistic portraiture, uh, especially at her level. Um, no one wants to pay for a $3,000 painting of their grandparents because there's many reasons for that. One of them is that photography has become so good. And then, but we did discover that people wanted caricatures of, of their grandkids or caricatures of their kids, caricatures of podcast events. So there was a market for that. So we pivoted. So one of the things we did, we had her say, okay, what can we bring value? You know, basically this weekend, the equivalent of this weekend, we found out that people love to pay money 
for caricatures of either their pets, which I'm not a big fan of, but people love that, and or their grandkids. And so one of she started to she started getting five dollar commissions, ten dollar commissions, twenty dollar commissions, um, and then uh, as a young team, right? So that she got frustrated because sometimes when she would do kids, she, she would complain they look like old people, right? So she's she's a very small artist in a very small world right here. Then I said, why don't we look online? There's got to be a lesson. There's got to be a common problem. Sure enough. She discovered this big uh, uh, YouTube teacher. You pay you pay online courses, and one of the courses was how to make your babies not look like old men. I was almost literally word for word the description of this thing. So it explained about the proportion of the eyes, the head are very different for children than than adults. She she nailed that. So she was motivated to figure that out because she wanted to be able to say yes to these little small commissions. Uh, and one thing led to another. At this point in time in her life, she, I won't name the publisher, but she got a big contract um, to illustrate books for writers uh, because of her particular style. And that's how you get started. The thing that I really, really like, and it's even right there, and you know, your, your title there, Parent Their Passion. How do you help your, how do you help your kids get to an entrepreneurial marketplace where you can do this. And I think the way you, you and your wife have done this has been genius, um, where you've helped your children get to a place where they can actually serve people with something they enjoy doing. Awesome. These are great ideas. And it sounds like, I mean, tell us briefly what you've kind of alluded to, it, but there, do you want to tell us briefly what your adult children are doing now that, now that they've learned? And you've, you've told me they've down to publishing and, and one of your children is um, managing yeah. people with drones and things yeah so my yeah my oldest uh is 25 uh he's down in mexico right now with another brother who's uh he, he's still single so the 25 year old still single and um he um he he worked as a contractor for a larger company where they manage like 30 to 40 uh, drone operators most of these men are my age but he's only 25 and he found that he's a very, very good people manager. He loves to manage people. And he's also very technically good. He's been in the field all over the US and he loves he loves the outdoors. So he's got it all. And uh, uh, I won't mention the name of the company, but he, he, uh, he, he uh, gave his resignation in and uh, he's piled up tons of money on this. And next year he told me he's gonna bid. He's gonna become the owner and bid for the, the whole shebang. The next one down, his brother, who's 23, um, he's a CNC uh, shop operator. So he's paid cash for all his machines. He went up through the ranks. He started off as a bladesmith selling from home on Instagram, $120 blades to document the process. And went up through the ranks and discovered that he had a knack for machinery uh, and metal, of course, because he was really good at metal work already. So he went down that road. The third one, um, who's uh, my coder, um, he loves solving problems. So at an early age, he started, uh, he's doing a lot of Minecraft, which a lot of kids like to do, right? So we pit to say, hey, you're spending a lot of time doing Minecraft. I see that you, you're, you, know, you have a mind for this. What value can you bring to the players? So he says, oh, we can start coding some of the stuff in the background. So that's what he did. Then he got hired um, by these uh, commercial servers that were making money um, and they were having problems with people logging in under false, um, credentials. So he worked with a team. He got introduced to real life environment working on teams. And now he's working for a private company 
a startup company doing um, um, solo 401k software. And he's deep into the security stuff. And he loves it. He codes from morning till night. And, and uh, a lot of been a lot of these success stories that you're sharing are coming because they learn to be to serve others when they yes. were a teenager, right? And they they learn yes. to have hey, this is what my 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 children gravitate towards this certain thing. How can I help them serve others with it in a way that's marketable and let them run with it? That's such a great skill to teach as a parent. I mean. It, I, it would be nice if we all all parents could be checked in enough to say, hey, what do my kids really like? And now how can I be, help them be successful in the world with that thing that they like? And it sounds like you guys have cracked that nut. It sounds like you've made it. Yeah, absolutely. It can be done with every, every teen, honestly. And if you just take, so just keep in mind, I think parents get paralyzed. They'll think of this one skill or one hobby that their kid likes. And they think there's no way they can make a living at it or without becoming a starving artist or some variation. But the thing is, is that you can't see it as the end goal. It's simply the thin edge of the wedge to get into the marketplace. Because once you start saying, I need to bring value to other people, then you need a tool with it. You need, you need to add another skill that you never thought of. And your kid will start coming to you and saying, hey, I feel stupid doing this because, you know, I don't have enough amplification or I don't have the, like, you know, my daughter with the, the, the babies that look like old people. They're embarrassed. And then they say, I need to resolve this. And I say, awesome go find out the answer. I mean, quickly, when they get down as a parent, you're going to have awesome conversations. They'll tell, I love it when they say, they ask me, dad, how would you resolve? It's like, I am clueless. It's above my pay grade. I don't know how to draw, but I, I know how to tell them to go look for answers. I say, you know, what, what, is, what, is, what are people saying? Where do you go to get that answer? And so we have this conversation back and forth and saying, you know, just because you're re rejected the first time, it just, it just probably means your skill is, uh, 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 needs something added to it in order for you to get your foot in the door. And it Love takes it. care of teen anxiety like you won't believe. I mean, it's amazing. That ability to parent where you're saying, hey, look, it's okay to be rejected. We're just gonna fine tweak it and go like that. So you make it okay. It's okay to fail as you go. I mean, that's what an entrepreneur does. They fail a few times until they get it right usually. So yep. um, that's, that's uh, such a great skill. Wow, thank you for being here on the show with us today, Jonathan. We re really appreciate you having you. This, um, how can people get a hold of you? Go to my website at parenttheirpassion.com. So parent their passion, there's two T's in there. And on the main page, there'll be an option for you to download a free uh, self-discovery workshop for you, uh, your teen, essentially. Uh, you can do it with, if you're of an older teen, they can take it by themselves. If they're younger, they may need, you know, some, um, uh, some suggestions and some helps, but it's going to walk you uh, through a series of uh, three lists. Uh, you're uh, helping you do an inventory of your, child's personal interest inventory of your you know your household skills and assets that you have available for free and an inventory of uh opportunities around you where you could actually exercise your your kid's talent and i'd show you how to merge it together in a you know sensible way where you're not spooking people but you're actually delivering value and that's, that's parent it's all free parentsarepassion.com yep awesome Hey, Jonathan, it's a pleasure having you on the podcast today. What valuable information this is. Uh, such a good way to think about, you know, let's help our kids serve others in the world with something they like to do. And you've, you've nailed it. You and your wife have nine children. Sounds like they're doing great. Thank you for sharing this super awesome knowledge with us today. And thank you for being on the Principal Podcast today, Jonathan. Thank you.